taboo topic because the very mention of strikes fear and dread into the heart of most. But I'm thankful until you I'm not afraid to die. I have to tell you that I'm ready to die. And I can also tell you that I enjoy life. I enjoy life as long as I can preach. When I just saw I can't preach, I pray the Lord take me home. Because my usefulness on this earth would be over. But uh, you can't wait till you die to be prepared. According to the world death clock, and I've got this information off of, you know, there are 56 million deaths per year, over 4.6 million deaths per month, 153,424 deaths per day, 6,392 deaths per hour. 106 deaths per minute, 18 deaths per second. And any of us could be next. So you don't have time to say, well, I'm going to get, get it right before the Lord comes back. It's too late when he comes into the eastern sky. There's no second chances. And since so many people are dying. And most of those deaths, humanly speaking, could be prevented. Only human speaking. Because whether you're healthy or got cancer or got a heart attack or whatever, is appointed on the man wants to die. And you will not miss that appointment. So the Bible gives us some pointers and truly warnings about life and death. First of all, life is short. You know, in uh, James chapter 4 and verse 14, James talked about life is, you know, is even a vapor. It appears for a little while and then vanishes away. But have you ever noticed the life puff of screen that comes out of the top of your kettle, the bowl and some water, and that steam comes up there? God's word compares death to that. It's here and it's gone. That's what James said. Life is even a vapor that appears for a little while and then it's gone. I want you to, especially if you're here in loss, if you're here and out of the will of God, uh, I don't know what God's plan is for you. I don't know what it is for me. I know when my number comes, I'm out of here, whether I'm in the pulpit or driving down the highway or wherever I'm at, because I, I don't believe in any of that stuff where you can extend your life. If you find comfort in it, hey, go for it. 
I believe it's my responsibility and your responsibility to take care of your body, take care of your mind, and to take care of your soul. But out of those, I want to be right spiritually. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Remember what Proverbs said. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, I believe. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Not a one of us knows what condition we're going to be in tomorrow. Not a one of us can say, well, I know I'm not going to die tomorrow. You can't say that and, and be any close to truth because it's just not there. But we do know some things. You know, you may feel that you have all of life ahead of you, and, but none of us are guaranteed. I told those two kids last night, You need to start putting Christ first. Amen. Don't worry about me, Papa. I'm saved. Put Christ first. Because you never know when you're going to die. And yes, family is hard to talk to. You get too hard and they sort of want to back away. Well, I'm still able to move. I'll just get closer to them. I want my family in heaven. And they're not going to heaven because I'm a preacher. They're not going to heaven because our family is basically Baptist. Being a Baptist won't save you. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. God tells us. Death is certain. Hebrews 9.27 said, It says, It's appointed unto man wants to die. And then what? The judgment. The judgment. Every man, woman, boy, and girl that dry that dies will face one or two judgments. You think this is the way I see it? I don't care whether anybody likes it or not. I don't it doesn't bother me. But you better care whether God likes it or not. You better care whether you live by this book. As I told a person this week, he said, I'm a Presbyterian, and Presbyterians go to heaven if they're saved too. I said, sure they do. Sure they do. Presbyterians that are saved go to heaven. He said, I know me and you agreed, and don't, don't get too excited. There's not going to be a Presbyterian in the bride of Christ. He said, I don't, I don't agree with that. You got the right to be wrong. Man, ain't nobody, you don't have to agree with me. But Christ built a church, Steve. Amen. And it was a Baptist church. Amen. Amen. And he's going to get his bride out of that Baptist church. Amen. Death is certain. 
It's appointed on a man wants to die. Question is, are we ready to die? The reality of death raises the question, why do we die? Is death normal? Where do we go when we die? Here's the answer. You don't have to take my word for it. You don't have to take anybody's word for it. Just get you an old King James version of God's word. Begin to study. The Bible explains the reason why we die. What did Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 say? Romans 5, 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. That sweet little baby, holding your hands as came out of the mother's womb, it's a sinner. But praise God, that baby doesn't go to hell. That baby goes to glory. When you're old enough to know right from wrong, whatever age that may be, I don't believe it's just 12. I believe some children are, will be accountable at five or six or maybe even younger. Have you ever noticed how smart the young ones are? Much smarter than our generation. But they become more responsible. God said, wherefore, as by one man sin enter into the world. That's what Romans 5, 12 teaches. We are sinners by nature. You don't have to teach a child. You've got to teach the child to read, to write. You've got to work with them so they can crawl and walk and run. But you don't have to teach them how to sin. They do that normally. That's just what sinners do. Came out of their mother's room speaking lies, and without the blood of Jesus Christ, they'll go to hell speaking lies or believing lies. And you should never, never stop reminding anybody that you love about Christ. Remember what my friend who's in glory waiting for me now, Bill Hunley, somebody told him, you know, uh, said, you know, you keep preaching like that, you ain't going to have no friends. What a friend we have in Jesus, Brother Bill was saying. <laughs> All our chairs are passed away. <clears throat> are you going to make a decision? To enjoy this life over enjoying life for eternity? We are. We are sinners and we need Christ. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, death by sin, so death passed upon all men. Little baby comes from his mother's womb speaking lies. You don't have to teach them. You don't have to teach them. 
We are sinners by nature. Have you ever noticed that how easy it is to memorize an old joke and hard to memorize a verse in the Bible? You can remember that joke years down the road. But you know the verse, but you have a hard time remembering. That tells me we're not reading our Bible daily. He said, I have a hard time seeing. That's why they have tape players. CD players. There are so many ways to listen to the word of God that you can't give him 30 minutes in, in the morning as you're drinking your coffee or juice or whatever you do in the morning. My kids came in and seen a little portable CD on my desk. Why are you keeping that? That is arcade. I think that's the word they used. I said, it still works. And when I'm out on the porch drinking my coffee in the morning, it still plays? Why would I want to throw it away? Because it doesn't do the rock music very well because it wasn't made to do rock music. We are sinners by practice. See, because according to Ephesians 2, 3, you know, by nature, we are the children of wrath. You don't have to teach your children to lie. You don't have to teach them to steal. You don't have to teach them to sin. It comes natural. And we do them harm when we got so much confidence in that flesh that we don't want to keep an eye on them. God said in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4, to use a lot of scripture. Hey, I'll just sit up here for 30 minutes and read scripture, and you ought to leave here and say, man, that was good. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4. What did God say? First John, chapter 3, verse 4. He said, why, why are you looking at Well, I'm in Peter, and I can't find John in Peter. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me get over here in John. And if that's Peter, I'm hurting. First John, the third chapter, fourth verse. Whosoever... Commit of sin, transgress also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. It's the transgression of the law. When God tells you not to do something and you do it, that's breaking the law. He said, but I'm not under the law. You better be under God's law. need to realize, we need to understand, even a brief look at the Ten Commandments proves that we are all sinners. We're all sinners. You know what God says about all sinners, don't you? You know, 
when we are sinner, what a sinner does, we have all broken God's law, whether it be lying, lusting, stealing, blaspheming, coveting, putting other things before God, all of those are sin and all of those are breaking the law. If you're a child of the king and you're able to go to church, you don't come to church, you choose something else over church, you have committed sin. God comes first. Sunday is supposed to be the day of rest. It is nothing but a day of entertainment. That's why most churches don't have Sunday school. They just have one teaching, and they're out. We pay more attention to somebody that comes to visit than we do God's word. Do we? Come on, preacher. We'll prepare our house if we know we're going to have visitors. You do a little extra dust and move the things around, you know. Don't want to see the, well, don't worry about it, honey. That's the husband talking to the wife, and the wife said, yeah, but they look at me if the house is not clean. They look at me if something messed up. Well, when you put somebody before God, guess who's looking at you? Guess who's looking at you? We need to begin to think, you know, because God said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, Romans 6, 23. They may pronounce your death, they died of cancer, they had a heart attack, you died of sin. The wages of sin is death. Christ paid your debt. So that means you get to go to heaven. But you're going to stand before God, and I think all of us preachers need to preach a little bit more on the judgment of God. You're going to stand before God, and you're going to give an account. It's going to roll right before you, and you're going to see every time you put something before God. You have time to read a magazine, but don't have time to read the Bible. This nation, this nation is no longer a Christian nation. The leaders are no longer if they were ever. God tells us in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 14, I believe. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 14, God said this. Calls this the second death. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. 
you realize the majority of people believe that when we put your loved one in the ground, that that was over. And I believe in a, a nice burial. If you want to do something for your loved one that's passed on, tell somebody else how to be saved. Amen. Live a life so that they are attracted to your life. God tells us, I mean, what a wonderful statement that is in verse 14. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The question is, I could ask Brother Steve, are you saved? Or I'd say, Brother Steve, do you believe your name is written in the book of life? And people say, well, I, I hope so. Well, before I was 20 years old, I would say, I hope so. After God saved me, I know so. It went from I hope so to I know so. Well, I hope God is pleased with my life. You can tell whether God is pleased with your life. Tell me how, preacher. I am. Do you live your life according to this? Or do you live your life according to what I think is best? Mom and dad were awful good people. They didn't go to church on a regular basis. Well, God tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, 8, we know what that says. But let's uh, look at 2.9. We'll start out with verse 8. For by grace are we saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. First of all, our salvation is a gift of God. But verse 9 says, not of works, least any man should boast. I had a man tell me, I've had several people the last 55 years tell me, well, priest, you don't have to worry about, about me, you know. I, I was, I joined the church, I was baptized, I was, uh, you know, I, I would consider myself faithful. I gave what I thought I could afford. You don't have no option there either. If I make $1,000 a week, ten, ten, $10 bills belong to the Lord. I told you about the member that her, him and his wife had got saved here and he was only making a $120 a week, I think. And he asked about tithing. And I said, well, you know, 10% of that belongs to the, to the Lord. He said, but. I said, but what? 10% of that belongs to the Lord. 
though he's tried it, and he came back a couple of years later and said, you know, I said, it works. Then he got promoted. And he went from that $110, $120, $150 a week to $400, or $500 a week. He said, that's, can't tithe on that. Why? The 110 belong to the Lord, and whatever you're making now belongs to the Lord. You say, well, I know so-and-so that he's told me he hadn't tithed for, for years. Do you know whether so-and-so is saved? Well, I believe he is, Brother Tony. He, you know, he goes to church every once in a while. He's a good person. But has he been washed in the blood? If you ain't washed in the blood, being good don't amount to nothing. as far as you're going to heaven. Now, I, I hate to say this, I probably shouldn't say this, but when I was at Lawrenceburg, I had to move, I think, about every two or three months because the house I would rent, they'd sell it. Rent this another house and they'd sell it. <laughs> you know, but that guy that, that bought so many houses down there when I was down there, he said, you want to know what my secret is? I give God what belongs to him. Then I give him an offering. Now, most people don't do that. And I can't guarantee you if you would give 50% of what you got that, that you're going to be able to do that. Because unless you give with a cheerful heart, I mean, we want to be blessed. I mean, let's, let's be honest. We want to be blessed. As I preach to you this morning, I've got a pain right in my lower back. If I was home, I'd be laying down. And I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. The doctor will fix it. No, he won't. He'll give you pills. That won't do it unless God takes the pills and make them activated in my body. Amen. See, my doctor is just a physician. My Savior is the great physician. Amen. But see, we're all going to die because we're sinners. We are sinners by practice. We are sinners by practice. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. We sin when we break God's law. We sin when we break the Ten Commandments. Well, I don't worry about the Ten Commandments, preacher. I'm not under the law. Well, you know what happened if you're going up rough shade doing 80 miles an hour for a cop? You may not be under the law, but you're going to get a ticket and you're going to pay a fine. So what's the reason? How do we not get a, a ticket for speeding? We don't speed. That 
It wasn't in my notes. That is, came fresh from the pump. Sin is a transgressing, breaking of the law. That's what sin is. You understand that? It is breaking the law. Anything that God says not do. And we do it, we're going to answer to God. Maybe in this life, maybe in the next life, maybe in my child's life, maybe in my granddaughter's life. I know most Baptists will depart from me of that. But I'm telling you, God's word says that our sin is passed down from generation to generation. Now, you can mark that out. You can say, I don't believe that. That doesn't apply to us. It doesn't change God's word at all. God tells us. Even a brief look at the Ten Commandments proves that we are all sinners. We have all broken the law. The wages of sin is death. Gift of God is eternal life. You know, and we've got to understand that. We've got to believe that. Now, our last point, and we'll let you go, the rescue from death. Rescue from death. Well, the fact that everyone is going to die should make you stop and think. Where will you spend eternity? Go to the Old Testament for that. It's found in the book of Amos, chapter 4, and verse 12. Prepare to meet thy God. How can you prepare? God has made a way for you to be rescued from the eternal death and hell, what do you got to do? First of all, these are the keys. If you're here and lost, listen carefully. You've got to realize that you're a sinner. I know everybody in this building is a sinner. Either saved sinners or lost sinners, but you're sinners. And God said, first of all, You've got to realize that you're a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. That includes me. I'm in that all. Number two, repent of your sin. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Acts 3.19. See, that's, that's a wonderful thing. When I repent of that sin... God takes that big magic and it's no more. Amen. And you say, well, if that was true, preacher, then, you know, people would just sin and, uh, and uh, confess and go right back out and sin. Uh, I don't do that. I'm a Baptist. I can name you some that does that, but uh, I won't. When I accepted Christ as my Savior, he paid for my past sins, my present sins, and my future sins. Now, if you can sin, if you're a child of God and you can sin and it never bothers you, I would 
I would bring up the oil stick and see how much of the Holy Spirit you had in you. Remember, we got the Holy Spirit living in us. How much of your mind does he control? May not be great preaching, but it's good preaching to get you to think. And that's all my job is, is to preach the gospel and cause you to think. And what has happened in the last few years, people come in church and they don't hear a thing. Their mind is somewhere else. God knows that I don't. Because if you're saved and you hear the word and hear the word and hear the word, you will start doing what you've been hearing. If you heard, you've got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4 said, put your faith and trust in the gospel. That's the good news. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Now see, you can take that verse and teach so many things, you know, I had a lady visit here about resurrection time, and you know, and she called me over to the to the Walmart, and she said, "I I really enjoyed that message, but at one point it was just wrong." I said, "What?" She said, "Yes." Would you tell me what it was? Well, you know, you. Said you didn't believe that Christ was crucified on Friday and you didn't believe he arose on, on Sunday. I said, What? You heard right. How can you be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights if you died on Friday and come up out of that grave first thing Sunday morning? Sit on head up. Wasn't good in a lot of things in school, but math was my subject. Now, I'd rather them to think that I'm stupid, don't know what I'm talking about, than to stand before God and knowing I didn't tell them the truth. Now, I don't get all excited about it. I don't celebrate Good Friday because there is no Good Friday. I don't celebrate Easter Sunday. There is no Easter Sunday. Did my Savior was crucified and went into the heart of the earth three days and three nights Amen. And because of that, I have victory. Now, if that upsets a few people, I'm sorry. I'm not changing the gospel to win friends. And lastly, receive Jesus Christ into your life. You know what God said in Romans chapter 10, verse 13? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever, poor man, rich man, don't make no difference. If God has granted you repentance, you will call upon the name of the Lord. You may not give up every sin in your life, but I tell you, you won't enjoy him as much. If a child of God can enjoy sin, there's something wrong. They're backslidden or they're lost. You say, preacher, you're saying you don't sin? Oh, yeah. Every day. Every day I sin because I don't put Jesus Christ first in everything I do.
as we close, as we close, ask Christ to save and forgive you from your sin and to come into your life to be your Lord and Savior. See, because God made it simple in Romans 14, 9. He said, for to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Romans 14, 9. He died so that we may have life and that we may have it abundantly. Sound later, pianist comes.